Yes, people, I hope wherever you're watching this, you are safe and well around loved ones who are the same. And because of the social distancing and because of self-isolation and all of the madness that we're facing right now in these unprecedented, wild times, it's going to be difficult for me to get a guest. So I'm going to use it as a perfect opportunity to say how I'm seeing what's happening in the world at the moment. And firstly, I think it's uh, only right to state and to admit that these are wild, wild times we're living in. It might not be a war, but it creates the same space for a seismic shift in perspective that a war would bring. If you've been watching these podcast episodes, you'll know that the responsibility of an artist is a topic that comes up on this podcast a lot. And in these times, times of hysteria, times of paranoia, time of, of fear, time of uncertainty, these are the environments where an artist flourishes. Um, and, and there's a beauty in what's happening right now from an artistic sense of that we no longer really have to go into and find these spaces in ourselves. It's a bit easier to find the raw source materials without having to break ourselves down. It's right there for us to use and the outside. Usually the artistic journey is about going in and finding these feelings to reconcile them. And that's the same reason that people look and interact with. And as we're seeing in these moments, relying so heavily on art and whether that's for, you know, mindless escapism or whether that's for a hand on the shoulder to remind them that everything's going to be okay. For the artist now, the, the, the raw source material is on the outside. And that's a, a, a beautiful position to be in. It's the trigger in the period of time where all artistic movements have come from. The Romantic movement was a response to their environment, their nature that they'd evolved alongside being sacrificed for industry. Postmodernism came out of a second, uh, uh, one, two world wars. And it was about dealing with what seemed to be the meaningless of life. You know, their spiritual nature, their, their inherent goodness that they were so certain, so sure about, that all the artists had been working towards proving was destroyed. It shook the foundation of the goodness that art was seeking to bring forward. We are at that crossroad now. And I say crossroad, it's, it's interesting that that comes up because it implies there's a choice. Where we go from this isn't in the hands of politicians. This isn't in the hands of your employers. Our future is not in the hands of anybody except from ourselves. The very valid question is how to move forward. And here's where the artist's responsibility comes in. We've been working on this forever. The lineage of the artist is so deeply rooted in this dilemma that for it to be so present now in my lifetime feels like such a sign of validation, such a test. 
to take it out of our of, of my daily life, out of your daily life, in the quest of becoming a more wholesome, a more connected you, to now directing it to the world around us? How can we be of service to our environment? We have fallen out of a partnership with nature. We have fallen out of heaven, the union with our surroundings. So the first step is, is to get right with that. If this is all about the outside world now, we have to get right with the foundations that hold us before we can even think about getting right with the things that inhabit. Secondly, loved ones, family. This uh, isolation is, is forced reflection on nature's behalf, in my opinion. This is time out. This is the naughty step. This is us being able to look at our behavior and realize it's not the behavior of a sustainable species. I've just spoke about how that applies to nature, but then there's an interpersonal nature, an interpersonal landscape that we need to get right, and that starts at home. That starts in the relationship with family and, and extremely close friends. If there are any rifts, these are to be healed now. If there are any resentments, these are to be resolved now. If there is any ungratefulness, if there is a lack of gratitude, if there is a necessity of gratitude to be able to just say that person did enough, regardless of whatever you got out of it, that person did enough. And then there's a, there's a, a landscape as well that we inhabit with our strangers, with, 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 with the people that we haven't yet been introduced to? Is there a way to see those people as yourself? To see that person and really appreciate that in the unification of this common enemy, which is coronavirus, are we able to look at that person and realize that they're dealing with the same fears and uncertainties and insecurities as we are? It's a perfect way for us to be able to see ourselves, to see ourselves mirrored in everything around us. As a result of our modernized society, of our technically proficient society, of our efficient and strong and entertaining society, we have lost the memory and the anticipation of death. We've traded the knowledge of that for safety, security and comfort. But now I think in the midst of Corona, we realize how much of that is just an illusion. I mean that in the sense that now we realize that's an illusion, we're a step closer to reality. And the reality that nothing is forever is not one to be afraid of. You know, when this all kicked off and the initial panic sets in, I sat and I could feel myself shaking inside, not physically. And it was because I'd forgotten death. I, I, I held it far away, in a faraway place, knowing that it was there, but I didn't keep it as close to me as I should have. And I assessed my negative reaction to the hysteria that was being generated in, in England 
London with my family and friends, I realized that this shouldn't be shocking me. And the fact that it had got so far away from me made me realize there's a lot left to do. But there is a way to hold this reminder of our fragility and grow from it. It takes madness in the normalized, institutionalized definition of the word, because you will be you you will be acting in an insane way to society, but to the lineage of your humanity, this is extremely sane. It takes a certain kind of madness that you have to sacrifice and surrender to if you are to hold your mortality, dive into it and arrive at beauty. And that's a case of stripping back the layers, stripping back the despair, stripping back the attachment, stripping back the concept of things until all that's left is beauty. And there's no, there's no how-to guide, you know? There's no way for you to learn how to do it. There's no one who can talk you through it. Even a shaman takes the responsibility on themselves and does it themselves and comes back with the message. There's no way to instruct somebody through it. You have to do it. And us as artists, if you consider yourself an artist or if you consider yourself someone who wants to be an artist, or to think like an artist, you have to do it. You have to dive in and come out of the depths of darkness with something. It's a way for us to get beyond the physical and peep into the spiritual. And this is where we are right now, I believe. This is a campaign of spiritual salvation. Our greed, our narcissism, mixed with our neuroticism, our ignorance cannot be sustained and cannot take the step into the future that we're all about to take together. We have to grow. We have to die and to loop back into that idea. In order for us to change, we cannot desire survival. We have to desire a spiritual kind of death of where we resign all of the characteristics that made us us. So like I said, we have to do away with the greed, which means we have to do away with the fear. The artist's responsibility is to do away with the fear. First of all, for you, by doing that over and over and over again in the process of mastery in whatever form that takes, people see you doing it and they believe that they can do it too. Once they get past the fear of thinking the artist is anything special, after they get past the idea that the artist has something that they lack, once you're publicly doing that, going into that place and coming out alive, better, others will do it. Others will dive in. Others will believe the waters to be safe, traversable, masterable. So in a time like this, that's the artist's responsibility. This is the first step of, of heaven on earth. We've been warned. 
how we've been behaving is not how we can continue to behave. And already we're seeing politicians treating people like human beings. It's forcing us to play the hand of love. Get ahead of the curve. Love's coming. Harmony's coming. Peace is coming. And if you don't want to be left behind, if you don't want to be the only one who isn't reaping the rewards, then take heed. Choose love. Choose partnership. Choose friends. Choose family. Choose reflection. Because there's no going back to the old way. This way breeds creativity. There are, you have to invest in the idea of, of seeing through the eyes of another. And every day comes with a challenge that you have to overcome. And, uh, and, and that's the source of creativity. The challenge is now, how can I implement love? How can I create heaven on earth? How can I die and survive? And which parts of me do I need to let go? I think I'll leave it there because I don't... <coughs> Coronavirus. I think I'll leave it there because I don't want this to be too wordy. It's just something to think about. If anything that I've said has resonated with you, if anything that I've said has challenged you, made you feel anything at all, please hit the subscribe button, please hit the like button, please share. And in this future of uncertainty, in this future of creation, make good choices. <laughs>